Bonfires burning bright Pumpkin faces in the night I remember Halloween Dead cats hanging from poles Little dead around in droves I remember Halloween Brown leaf vertigo With skeleton life is known I remember Halloween this day Anything goes Burning bodies hanging from poles I remember Halloween show tonight mm-hmm. oh, that we do. the founder of uh, full moon pictures charles bandon you probably be coming on around 10 30 if you want to call in the number is 508-644-8503 the man's made about 200 movies so you can ask him anything you want yeah i was looking over his resume there on imdb and geez he has done a lot of films mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm looking forward to this one mm-hmm. i was checking 200 mil uh, I don't believe I've seen all 200, but I've seen quite a few of them. I, you yeah. know, when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. when the um, when the movie rental stores were big, you know, I'd I'd be all the time in those movies. Mm-hmm. And I just started picking up some more, again, you know, Netflix recently. Yeah, I was checking out the Puppet Master series. Uh, I watched one and two actually, because mm-hmm. I've I've never seen them. Really, I was a pretty big fan. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think the puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like you know the one, the short one, the 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 Nazi like one with a flamethrower right. for the hand. Mm-hmm. He debuts mm-hmm. in the second one, I believe. Yeah, he debuts in the second one, and I thought that one kicked ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a badass one. Him and Six Gun, mm-hmm. or Six Shooter, or whatever. He's yeah, I wonder which yeah, one he's he cool debuts too. in. Um, I think in probably maybe the third one, or he's not in the second one, is he? No, he wasn't in one or two. Right. So. Yeah, I was always kind of a big uh, fan of a pinhead. Yeah, yep. A lot of them are pretty cool. Yeah, the the one with the big arms. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, those punches were insane in the first one. It's yeah, like you yeah, just yeah. run up and start beating on somebody, and it'd be like, All right. <laughs> they make an excellent line of uh, action figures. Oh yeah, if you, yeah, because um, you know, because it's cool, because then they're at the, you know almost the exact size. I think they actually make uh, the full scale ones of the uh, action figures too. Mm-hmm. You know, the puppets, oh. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm rather new to the uh, Puppet Master series, but so I don't know all their names, so I don't know what the little German guy's name is. is 
anybody can fill me in on that on the chat room. But I think you might be right. He might be flamethrower. Just yeah, flame I think they're all pretty, uh, pretty, pretty basic names. names. Yeah, Leech yeah. Woman and Six Shooter. And, uh, I definitely dug that one. That is for sure. Yeah. Who's the one with the knives? I kind of liked him. Oh, that's uh, like the main one, ain't it? Yeah, I think yeah. isn't he Blade? Oh, is his name Blade? Yeah, yeah I think cool. so. I have, I have that, uh, I have that figure. Yeah, yeah he kicks kind of ass. Pretty big on that one. Mm-hmm. He's always pretty creepy looking. That was always something kind of creepy to me. Was uh, especially when I was younger. Probably even still now was. Uh, Anytime, like an action figure, a doll would be kind of would come to life or something. <laughs> I like, even the, the the scene in Poltergeist, I always thought that was probably the scariest film uh, part of the movie. I used to have a Howdy Doody doll. I actually still have it, and like I would look over at night sometimes, and that thing would still just freak me out. That little <laughs> cowboy. I know he's supposed to be well, friendly. You should know better than that, though. Come on. <laughs> You know the rules. You can't have things like that just hanging around because, you know, <laughs> one day they'll all turn into, like, Zuni dolls and just, like, oh, attack man. it. So. <laughs> I'd be screwed, though, if something like that has, happens. Because just, like oh, yeah. just like the 40-year-old version, I got action rooms, all <laughs> action figures all around my room. Right. And, uh... Yeah, I got I got uh, Jason, I got Freddy, Leatherface from the movie Maniac series, and uh, mm-hmm. Ash, and Evil Ash. And then I got a Freddy glove and a Michael Myers mask and a Jason mask to boot. But do, I don't think they, those are going to come along. Do they still do the um, those movie Maniacs line? I believe they do. I think uh, well, I Todd McFarlane. I think yeah. uh, I think they're getting into like the Aliens versus. Uh, verse Predator series, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they've done from then, but I, I think they still do. I could be yeah. wrong. On it's that. probably a little hard, um, you know, because they kind of put out the real, the real big, the real big guys like in the first couple series. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, you know, follow up. It's still cool for like uh, kind of a hardcore uh, movie mm-hmm. fan, but if you're not, if you're kind of just kind of a mainstream fan, you probably wouldn't know mm-hmm. some, some of the characters that they put out. Now, I also forgot two of the ones that I have. I got Terminator, and I got the Wishmaster. Which if oh, if I came if I woke up and all of them were attacking me and I like pulled out like yeah, my slingshot good. and shot the Wishmaster and if he like just got back up and he said if it's any constellation that hurt like hell <laughs> I'm like yes <laughs> I love you Wishmaster then they kill me <laughs> yeah then you wouldn't mind dying though at that point I'm like I can that. go out with a smile on my face. <laughs> As long as you get the catchphrases while you're going, you know everybody gives you like their little their little saying. Right. Yeah, I'm like Freddie. I just want to help you, and he's like, "Help yourself, fucker." <laughs> I actually have a Sergeant Slaughter GI Joe sitting up below my computer right now. Uh, 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 what Sergeant Slaughter? Sergeant Slaughter GI Joe figure. Right? Awesome. That was the one with the bulky arms, like. Yeah, well, they actually made a few of them, but the original one that you that you could send away for, mm-hmm. which you know is big in DI Joe's at the time, and you'd save all your proof of purchases. I don't know if they do any more action figures. Save your proof of I don't purchase. Think they and do. Do. No, because people do. collect them and keep the package. But and I sent away for the the um, the uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and you get him, and like the upper body is just enormous. He's got like huge arms, muscles, chest. Then he's got these little tiny skinny legs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's to uh, accentuate, you know, make his body bit look bigger or what. But uh, did you have the fridge too? From, yeah, from the old the fridge, yeah. yeah. I actually, uh, you know, back in the day, I actually would, you know, get, you get a little uh, screwdriver and you could take them apart and pretty much customize your guys. And I <laughs> and I took I put on like big legs on on slaughter, so he would be uh, 
It's like, man, this guy's got skinny legs. What, what's up with that? <laughs> so I put some, I put someone else's legs on, so he'd be like big all around. Oh yeah. <laughs> I bet he couldn't fly like he used to then after he did that though. No, no. Speaking of action figures, move back in the day. Mm-hmm. Speaking of action figures, though, it kind of relates to something that just was released in theaters. Was uh Transformers, which Transformers always kicked ass, but oh yeah, oh, I remember my brother sent off for like a um, I think it was like one of the versions of uh of uh Megatron or something right. like that, and like he didn't get it, and they sent him a check back, and being you know like I'd say like twelve or eight, he didn't understand the value of a check, and he was like, "What? I don't get my figure," and he stood up and he oh, ripped man. the check. <laughs> oh man. So it's he didn't get his refund either. No. So Mattel but, uh, or whoever it is, you owe my brother 15 bucks. Has anyone uh, seen this movie? No. <laughs> oh. We went to the movies yesterday. I was thinking about it, but then we went to see Ratatouille. Oh, oh man. man. Okay. And it was awesome. Ratatouille. You call yourself a horror fan, you're going to see this Ratatouille. <laughs> I, it's, know, I know, It's like, I don't know, we do the show, and I, I kind of feel weird watching, like, other movies now, but go ahead. <laughs> I know. Go ahead, Troy. Well, if there was a horror I'm, movie I'm cheating playing, on the horror film. If there was a horror movie playing, I would have went to see it, but... Right. You know, like... They're, they're really well, what do you think about changing the? Because uh, some people are kind of mad that they change the colors, that they change the um, the appearance of the of the uh, of the Transformers themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, actually, I got a review from a man at work. Uh, his name is Aaron, and he told me that the movie was awesome. And the awesome yeah, said, uh, "Die Hard." When I seen the trailers, yeah. I just thought it just looked yeah. wild. Because yeah. I didn't even know it was Transformers. Because. I didn't know how it would translate to, like, film, you know, like a live-action no, no, film. No, I didn't either. That's why I, I, I kind of think they had to change the look, because as much as I love the old Transformers, mm. if you kind of if you have that exact same look and it's live-action, it might be all right for kind yeah. of a, like a kid film, but I don't know if it would really be like a mainstream, mm. like, yeah, these guys look mm. really cool, and it's like the bright red car, you know. Well, I got an example. It couldn't really be a gun, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd stomp on him. Right. I got an example, and I want to see if, like, Troy agrees with me or not, but, like, to to say, like, the same thing towards, like, a Wolverine. I love the comic book Wolverine, but Mm -hmm. I do not think you could pull that, like, that version of Wolverine off on the, on camera. See, you're not a fan of the Wolverine that's on, that's in the movies. No, I like the Wolverine on on the movies. I'm saying like the yellow suit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah. the, like kind of the original costume. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you, I don't think that could be pulled off on film. What do you think about that, Troy? Because Troy's a big comic book fan here. Do you think well, you agree with that? Well, they did it, you know, with like Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. like there were mm-hmm. very few changes from that. Um, just just on a little side note though, like back to the Transformers, quick. Yeah. The one thing that I did notice, like, when we were going to the movie, because a lot of people were going to see the Transformers, which is kind of nice because then nobody was seeing Ratatouille. It was nice and quiet in the theater. Right. <laughs> but everybody that was going there, like, they were all men probably between the ages of 25 and probably 35. And they all had the kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids looked like they enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. But the parents looked like they loved the movie. Because mm-hmm. that's that generation that remembered the toys and the cartoons. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were most geared up for this. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of dragged the kids along, I think. Right. 
like, hey, you got to go see this movie, and the kids are like, well, okay. You know? If that's the audience, I think actually maybe changing them from like the original appearance might actually be a problem then, if they're going to see some from their childhood. Yeah. It could be for them. But, but on I'm interested in how the movie thing, does. Yeah. I think it'll do well. I really do. And if they don't... On, 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 the, on the superhero thing, like I think... I think that, like, um, if they would have changed, like, the Fantastic Four, if they would have had them wearing, like, leather and stuff, that would have been, I don't think I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they kept the costumes with them. But I think certain ones, like like the X-Men, I don't think there's really a need to have, like, like a bright spandex costume, you know, because they're, like, trying to hide anyway. Right. Yeah, be a mutant. So I think, I think that translates better for them. Yeah, it would like some of the other like like costume heroes. Like I don't think you could do with Captain America. Like uh, yeah, you yeah, Captain America's pretty much known for the costume. I don't know if you can. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. There's always a need to make I think all the on the comic movies dark have like a dark factor to mm-hmm. them, and I think that works with some, and then it doesn't work with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works better with like Batman than it does with like Superman. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. But with that, I think uh, we probably better take a break because we should be receiving a call any minute now from. Uh, right. And if anybody wants to call in for uh, mm, Charles, Charles Band, it's 508 Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll be right back. This is Jeff Broadstreet. You're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. All right, we're back. We welcome Charles Band from Full Moon Movies, Full Moon Features. Welcome to Full Moon uh, Feature. Without your head. Did <laughs> How's I get it right? going? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show. That's well, great. Thanks for coming on. I'm um, gonna let everybody know you can check out the websites, of course, FullMoonDirect.com and FullMoonFeatures.com. Yep. Yeah, FullMoonDirect.com is probably the better one because that's sort of where you can see more stuff and buy stuff if you're interested and. And, uh, Buying stuff, yeah, that's, that's always the best website. That, that's, that's the best one. website to plug, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's something I always notice about your movies. It's not in all the movies, obviously, but uh use a lot of small, like, monsters. Is that something right. that, that, that scared you? That, that scares you? You know, I, 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 it's a combination of things. Uh, practical, because uh, who can afford to build a huge monster? Um, you know, it, uh, <laughs> small things did creep me out a bit, but I also find them fascinating, and... It's interesting that in all these years that I've made all these films, uh, whether it's the Puppet Master series or Dolls or Doll Man or Demonic Toys, um, no one else has really done it. I mean, it's just you'd think because, I don't know, imitation. and I mean, there, there's a thousand different spins on slasher movies, but no one's really gotten into the uh, creepy 12-inch uh, dolls and puppet films. I mean, there's the occasional film that comes out, but not, mm-hmm. not too many. So it's... Uh, yeah. And my, my and my thought was always much like you know the way Marvel Comics teamed up their superheroes and supervillains. One day I sort of hit all these characters against each each other, and right. I started to do that a bit back in the early days of Full Moon, and that's definitely part of the plan. So uh, now Tim Thomerson come back as Doll Man, a little, a little older now, and kick some puppet ass would be cool. <laughs> right, after um, all the same size, it uh, makes it a lot easier. Exactly, exactly. Maybe they can even fight an evil Bong in, in one of the films. Or they can be smoking the evil bong, you know. Right. So that's a, an option there. No, that's true. <laughs> evil bong. God. Well, how, how did you get Tommy Chong for that movie? Are they called up his uh, agent? You know, uh, you know, he's he's such a great guy. He's so 
I mean, what happened to this guy is just amazing. The fact that he spent that much time in, in, in a federal prison for what? I mean, you know, we, we, we're incensed over big issues. There's not enough time to think about, you know, what happens to, you know, mm-hmm. people like Tommy Chong, who, you know, has made no, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he hasn't hit the fact that he's been a pothead forever. That's his deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that he was involved with a company that shipped some stupid glass bongs and they put him in a federal prison, it's crazy. But anyway, he... He liked the material. It's a fun project, and he turns a lot of stuff down. He, you know, he's actually made very few movies other than the Cheech and Chong films. But mm-hmm. I was like shocked. I thought, let's give it a try, thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll get his brother Jimmy Chong. But I doubt Tommy's <laughs> going to come on board, and, and he accepted. And it was great. He only worked uh, two days, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it makes for an excellent poster too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, true. Now, I was going to ask, does any plans to sell those? But um, I guess you don't I'm want. Sorry. Was there any plans to uh, to sell any evil bongs, any replicas? Yeah, you can go right now and buy uh, bong replicas. They're right. definitely non-functioning. I <laughs> right. Uh, you don't want to end up in a federal prison. No, no, no slammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, that was a that was a very very fun show, and mm-hmm. and uh, working with Tommy was great. You know, he's just I mean he's a, just a super good guy. You know, he's just. Uh, and he's, he's, you know, a lot of people are kind of what you would imagine. I mean, uh, I worked with Gary Busey in a movie called The Ginger Dead Man about an evil pissed off cookie. Right. And, and Gary is that way. And he's, 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 he's freaky. He's, he's crazy. You know, and he's, he's, um, a challenge to work with. You know, he's immensely talented, but, but, you know, he's not a different persona in real life. That is <laughs> the way he is. You know, whereas Tommy is very laid back and very, I mean, he's done it. He's a total pro. Mm-hmm. I think one of our fans actually asked that how crazy was it to work with uh work with him. Gary. Gary? Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's crazy. I don't know how uh <laughs> you know how much we can say on the air or if we can say anything we want. Yeah, you can say anything you want here. All right. No, he's he's um you know, he's he's he brings something amazing to the table because it's it's not at all what's in the script and and you sort of have to corral and make sure you get at least enough to stitch it together to have a scene that makes some kind of sense. But what he gives you is just stuff you've never thought about. I mean, I must have, for the, the opening scene of the movie is, is maybe a two-minute scene. I probably have 40 minutes of him going off on crazy shit. Um, just stream of consciousness. I mean, crazy stuff. I don't know how I'll ever use it. Um, and I had to pluck out the moments that sort of, you know, kind of help my story <laughs> right. see what it is. But, uh, no, he's, he's very talented and very, very out there. Mm-hmm. Do you put any of that on the um, the special features DVD? Not really, because it's just so crazy. I mean, it's it's almost like uh, a little bit, a little bit, but it's <laughs> it's hard to describe. I and mean, it would be um, it's, it's it's almost like enough stuff to build another movie around. A real weird one. <laughs> right. sure. Did you ever think, you know, when you started making the movies, did you ever think there would be a um, a market for like uh, toys based off uh, horror movies? Not in the beginning. I mean, I love all that stuff. I mean, I'm a collector. I'm a comic book collector. I collect all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, I get it. Um, and when that sort of became something that I thought would be fun to do, I, I did it more just because it'd be cool to make toys. And all of a sudden, it became, you know, a little part of the business. I mean, it's it's still. I mean, there was a moment years ago when we were producing tens of thousands of your standard poseable, you know, seven to nine inch little action figures from uh, all the puppet master characters. And for a brief moment of time, it was profitable. It was amazing. I thought, oh, my God, this is better than making movies. And then that sort of evaporated because everyone got involved and everyone got inside that business. And mm-hmm. too much stuff and too many variants. And it just became glutted and turned a lot of people off. And so now it's more like 
a very limited edition of, you know, we'll make 500 evil bonds, you know, and sell those on our site and at conventions. And it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's part of the fun. It's not necessarily a big money maker, but at least it, it kind of, um, it's fun. It works, you know, yeah. people who enjoy, you know, like right now we've got these super limited edition, um, uh, replica puppets from Puppet Master we're doing very slowly because they're all handmade. So, you know, it's basically from the wow. same mold that, uh, let's say the first two were Blade and Pinhead from Ooh. the Puppet Master series. So, awesome. you know, but they're, they're $200. They're all handmade. They're, they're, the costumes are all, you know, sewn by hand and they're real hard to, to, to produce. And we're only doing 200 of them. You know, they're all numbered. So, I mean, that's fun mm. and extremely limited. It's not something mm-hmm. you can go buy for, you know, nine ninety eight. Right. And it, I- it's, it's cool. Aren't they like the uh, like the same size replica? But the, yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're exactly that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So that's that's just sort of a collector's thing. But no, it's fun. It's fun going to the shows and people come up and you know they bring things that I completely forgotten I was involved in and old posters and weird <laughs> old VHS boxes and just promotional items that were done like too many decades ago and uh, right. you know, the fans of movies like Laser Blast made in the late seventies and Tourist Trap and just. <laughs> It's weird. Does it make you feel like, uh, I don't know, pr- proud of your career? Well, I was going to say proud of your career that people would. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm in complete denial. I'm, 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 I still think I'm in my 20s, and that's how I behave. So, so it's, it's, an, it's weird when people come up who I think was older than me, and they talk about watching you know my movies when they were little kids. Right. That kind of pisses me off. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 great. You know, it's just to have this whole body of work, 270 odd movies, and you know, it's it's um, it's fun, especially at the convention. So much so, and I've, I've done this roadshow now a few years in a row, where I've gone to 20 cities and I've put on this kind of crazy, you know, act. And and you know, I mean, I, I do stuff on stage. It's interactive. I show clips from movies. It's it's sort of just a, like a bizarre obsess. I don't even know how to describe it. And I finally this year was uh, sort of convinced by some really great people I met in Little Rock, Arkansas. I actually shot a movie there uh, just a few months ago to put on a full moon horror convention and film mm-hmm. festival. So we're actually doing that um, this October. Yeah, October 26th uh, so or 28th. Uh-huh. And it's going to be huge. I mean, it's not just a little deal in a hotel. I mean, we've got the downtown convention center. We think we may have as many as three to 400 submissions for films, which is the film festival mm-hmm. side of the event. And then the convention will be the usual craziness and celebrities and got some real surprise uh, heavyweight guests who have promised they'll show up, schedule permitting, and then there'll be the usual crazy horror, you know, icons who attend all these shows and will be there to greet people. And then there'll be, of course, uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, the, the, the normal things you see at, you know, horror conventions and some things that maybe you've never seen. So it's mm-hmm. become kind of a big deal, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And they're expecting between fifteen and 20,000 people. So so that's kind of crazy, too. Yeah. That's, uh, remember when check out the website, it's uh, fullmoonhorrorshow.com. Well, and, the, the site is actually fullmoonconvention.com. Oh, okay. The one, the one you just mentioned works, too, but I don't think the site's going to be up for another few days. They're just putting the final touches on it, but if anyone goes to our site, they can link through in a few right. days. You know, the MySpace is up, though, if anyone check out the MySpace. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's some, some stuff up on MySpace, but no, that's going to be totally fun, and I, I've, I've attended enough conventions as a guest speaker, and of course I've done my road show now, 40, 50 cities, so I I think we're putting something together that the fans will enjoy. So, you know, when I, I, this is kind of a long answer to your question. When I first started, I just wanted to make my movies and, you know, the movies were screened in a movie theater, you know, mm-hmm. there was no concept of, you know, video or DVD or any of that. It was just, you made a movie and 
um, you, you hope you could book it in enough theaters to make a few bucks and you would sit in a theater with people and be happy when people, you know, enjoyed something or applauded or embarrassed when they, you know, <laughs> make bad sounds. And, right. you know, that was, <laughs> that was my life. early movie experience. And now it's become, you know, it's just all sorts of different delivery systems and, you know, you need to download and VOD and pay-per-view and DVD. And now there's the, the whole merchandise side of it. So yeah, it's definitely, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a trip. Do you, do you collect the, um, the props yourself, you know, the actual props from the films? Yeah. I, you know, I've, over the years I've kept stuff, I've sold stuff recently uh, on eBay. Um, just, uh, you know, I mean, I've always, I mean, I've got it. Definitely things that I, I wouldn't sell just because they, they date back, you know, many mm-hmm. years. And, but I mean, there's so much of it. I, I need like warehouses full. I mean, there's just so much. <laughs> Every movie has, you know, and then in many cases, in most cases, the effect, the puppet of the doll, there's usually anywhere from three to many seven or eight, um, copies because they each will perform a different, you know, uh, stunt. I mean, today we're in a world of CGI. It's a little different. But I still use, you know, live puppets and organic effects that actually you can put it in the scene. So, you know, they're built by the effects guys to, to, to have different functions. So in the case of, I don't know, Torch from Puppet Master, you know, there, there, there's a torch that will snap its jaws and look around. There's a torch where the eyes will kind of glow. And then there's a torch that will actually spit, you know, 15 feet of flame, you know, <laughs> which is hooked up to a blood torch. So in many cases, there are multiple props and and um, times all the movies it's like a lot mm-hmm. now I, that's probably not a figure you want to put out though one that actually uh, throws flame <laughs> John no. Bryant <laughs> yeah that's his favorite yeah, well it, again you know the, 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 anyone who watches that particular Puppet Master 2 the behind the scenes are fascinating because you know what it took just to get that one or two shots where the torch raises its arm and shoots a stream mm-hmm. of flame again this is we weren't back then in the world of CGI where you can put all that stuff in a computer. We really mm-hmm. had to go do it. So you had fire marshals, you had, you know, all sorts of equipment in case, you know, we messed up. And then, of course, you have the, you know, in one case, the, the gal gets caught on fire and she's in a suit. And then you have all the, the effects guys holding different pieces of the of the puppet. And then you have, of course, the flamethrower and then flame retardants. I mean, it was insane. All for a shot that probably lasts three seconds of the movie. <laughs> right. I love the line that's actually in that movie before that uh, scene takes place. It's a, uh, I'm the director, do something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I forget half of this, but I'm glad you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, at least you get a caller here from uh, Portugal. Indeed you have. Uh, you're on here with Charles Band. Do you have a question? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, even though I'm not a big expert on horror movies, I've seen uh, a couple of them, and um, I wanted to ask you if you, uh, in terms of, if you could compare horror movies from the U.S. with Japan, I don't know if you saw it. How do you compare the style, the style of horror movies that they do in, you know, both in America and Japan? I, I, I don't quite. I couldn't hear the whole thing. How do I compare the style of horror movies in America to Japan? Right. Yes. Yeah. You mean some, some horror movies made in Japan? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, okay. Um, well, they're very different. I mean, it, it's uh, man. That's a that's a good question there. Um, Thank you. You know, Japanese film and, and anime, it's just a different genre almost. And um, I, I think, you know, we've sort of uh, remade a bunch of well-known Japanese horror films into very successful, you know, Western horror films. I'm not a big fan of the remake anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a shame. But, um, you know, it's just, a, it's a, I'm not going to answer your question because I can't, I'm not even a good spokesman on telling you exactly what I think the difference is. But, no, uh, 
it's it's uh, you know I, I and again the, 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 what complicates the the, the answer if, if not trying to figure this out is I'm also I mean with with exceptions most of the horror films made today I think in this country are very different from the horror films of 10, 15, 20 years ago, which were more organic and I think more effective. You know, today most horror films are very slick. A lot of them are remakes. Uh, they got kind of an MTV vibe. You know, the characters are all kind of GQ, young, hot, you know, model types. And none of that is, is for me, very uh, effective or appealing. And there are exceptions. But, you know, some of the great horror films from the 70s and 80s, the American horror films, were sort of gritty and real because a lot of the, not just in the way they were directed and made, but the, 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 the actors that were hired were, you know, more real and more accessible. They weren't these, these people who just, you know, I mean, I'm not putting down people who are making movies today, uh, the young talent that, you know, are in front of the camera, but, you know, they're just too attractive and too slick and too, you know, and, and the whole thing has become sort of an in-joke, you know, so, I don't know. I, again, there there are exceptions, and I, I hear fourteen hour eight is terrific. I haven't seen that. Yeah, but, you know, great good. horror films like um, the, you know The Shining and The Omen and The Exorcist, and then some of the more gritty ones like you know the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. To me, that's all. Those are in, in a class of their own. So, mm-hmm. if we're talking about comparing those movies to current Japanese horror films, that's one thing. But if you're comparing all the remakes and all the more slick horror films, that all seem to be alike too. Yeah. I mean, you know, every four months another one comes out and this whole new genre of torture horror films is also not personally very appealing you know that mm-hmm. like torture I don't like those either. do you think uh, I'm sorry uh, um, uh, do you think that uh, I like that this do you think that uh, from what you've seen from Japanese horror movies do you think that they go too far in terms of the violence and all that well I, I don't I don't know I mean it, it depends on the spirit of the movie too I mean you know I'm I'm um, Maybe, you know, it just, it so depends. I, I don't want to talk about the whole Japanese, uh, you know, horror film industry because that would be wrong. And it depends on the individual film, you know, how mm-hmm. far and what's done in good taste. I mean, I still think, even though I like to be surprised and shocked and I like twists and turns in a story, um, you know, and, and a horror film is supposed to shock you, but you know, there, there are things that I don't need to see that don't really appeal to me, but I'm, I'm more into the fantasy realm anyway i mean what yeah. more can you see that you know i mean today the whole world is fucked up you know so i mean you know was, the real horror film is the news every night you know it's not yep. so much these, these these movies so if a film is very close to reality and you got you know i mean i i prefer to see you know a fantasy character creature i prefer to think about all that and get scared on a, on a, on a more almost supernatural level than just see a guy in ski mask cutting up women you know that doesn't uh, attract but that's not yep. appealing to me yeah thanks for calling in now Another Thanks. call here. Yeah. Hey, what's up, it's Hey, it's Duckman. Uh, you're on air with Charles Band. You got a question? Yeah, I was just uh, curious. I haven't been able to listen to the show live, but I will later. I just wonder if uh, you had any advice for any up and coming like filmmakers and stuff. Because like I'm trying to make a movie myself. Wow, you know it, it's um, that is that definitely if not the number one the number two question I get on the road no matter where I go because there's so many people that you know have talent and have drive and want to just know how to get involved and how to do it uh, and and you know since I began making movies I've 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 tried to answer those questions now not to sound like okay I gotta direct you to our website but I did put <laughs> together a program of clips from maybe 15 years of trying to answer those questions from all sorts of filmmakers from Roger Corman to 
Stuart Gordon, Lloyd Kaufman, I mean, a whole bunch of filmmakers and distributors. And I put this program together called Cinemaker, which attempts to answer a billion and one practical questions because, you know, film school is great if you can afford it and, and, and understanding how great movies are made. And, but you know, the, the practical side of, of how do you make a, a film and get it to the market and God forbid make some money, you know, and not get screwed in the interim. And, you know, that cycle is, is, is tricky. And the only way you really, you know, find out about that is you just jump in, you know. Now, I've, I've answered a lot of those questions in the Cinemaker um, set of DVDs, but, you know, the, the quick answer to this is if you really are serious about making movies, you, you, you need to come to where movies are made um, mm-hmm. and jump in for free and apprentice and get on a movie set and start understanding what it is. And, you know, then at least you'll know and, and you, you may find out that it's not your thing. But if it is your thing and you do a good job, invariably you will move up and next thing you know you'll be asked back to do another show and then by the third show they'll pay you something and then you'll you know you'll network mm-hmm. with people who are making movies and that's the only way the only practical way to get involved in the business I mean you can go out and make your own movie and borrow money and raise money from friends and family and mm-hmm. and try to you know get it into video stores and I mean that's a real hard road and again it's, it's doable but um, if you really want to get involved in, in and the process you need to come through where movies are made and, and jump in. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for calling, sure. Duckman. So yeah, you plug like for Duckman. You can check out his, uh, he's got a little trailer for Duckman vs. Zombies. It's up on our MySpace. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, there's so many, you know, there's so much talent out there, and and it's just, unfortunately, the world, I mean, hopefully now things with, you know, with the, the imminent future of, electronic sell-through and basically the ability to download movies and make money that way because look we all you know we all want to make films and at least wind up with enough money at the end of the process to make your next movie i mean we're all you know people who love the process uh, like me i mean i'm a film junkie and there there are there are stretches of time where where you know the world was kind of good to you like in the early days of video where you know there was money and you could make some money and make films and then there are terrible stretches where you're shut out because you know, you're not making an A movie and you don't have a hundred million dollar budget and most of the delivery systems and venues are all owned and controlled by major studios and we were just coming out of a very long, difficult stretch. You know, there's never been more opportunity in terms of, you know, digital gear and low price of admission and anyone can go out and make a movie and burn a DVD. Mm-hmm. But to really get it into any kind of serious distribution uh, has been, um, just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, if we're, if we're close to the time where much like, you know, a song can be downloaded for a buck on, on, uh, you know, on iTunes. And if, if we're in that zone where a movie for three or four bucks can be downloaded and people can enjoy a horror film and it's an even playing field and people know how to find your movie, that's going to be great because then the measure of your success will be how many people just, you know, dug your film and recommended it and were willing to spend the three or four bucks to, to watch your film and they can burn a DVD at home. And I mean, we're almost at that point and that to me is exciting because I think that's going to, you know, get small independence back into business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I know even like um, on demand, they're starting to put some movies on 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 demand on your uh, digital cable. At the right. same time, they're released at the theater. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they're experimenting with this. So many different ways to do it. The problem, though, is for me. I mean, I made I made movies for a long time. In the early days of video, there were literally thousands of small stores, mom pop, you know, video stores right. that mm-hmm. that you know that carried 
my films and, and many of them, I mean, there was one point there was over a thousand actually had a full moon section, you know, where they just put all my movies, even the ones that predated full moon. Well, those stories are basically gone. They're, they're, you know, mm-hmm. we're, now we're in a world of blockbuster and Hollywood and movie gallery and all those chains are uh, considered dinosaurs because we're about no, to go through a big, a big change. <clears throat> so the biggest complaint I get is, hey, where do I find your movies? You know, my local video store is gone. My blockbuster only carries the, the current films. There's no library. Right. You know, how do we find them? And and that's the problem. So that's going to hopefully change soon where someone can just go into a, a site and go, wow, there's all 270 of them. I kind of remember liking Head of the Family. I'll spend three bucks. I'll download it and I'll burn a DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, someone on our board actually uh, suggested that you make a Head of the Family action figure. <laughs> I, you know, that's that was a planned for deal. I, I would love to do that. We'll see. I'm, make, I'm making a sequel. I hope it'll soon. Oh, really? I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Bride of the Head of the Family. He needs awesome. another big-headed oh, chick. <laughs> and, 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 and assuming I make that, then we'll definitely got to have a, a, you know, a head, uh, <laughs> yeah, limited edition, actually. Right. Yeah, get some of the head after that. Uh-huh. Uh, Glalgo from our message board, he actually had a question. He wants to know if there's going to be another subspecies film. Well, subspecies is the um, most expensive, in the, in the full moon years from 1990 to today, that's been the most expensive films and series. And the only thing stopping me from making one immediately is the cost. You know, the original ones we shot all in Transylvania, Romania, they were, for us, big-budgeted films. I, I know there's a lot of fans. And we're going to try real hard to make one next year. And one bit of good news is uh, Honors Hove, who's the amazing yeah. actor who played uh, Radu, um, is going to be at the Full Moon Convention in Little Rock. So will the director, Ted Nicolau, and hopefully Denise Duff. So, you know, we'll have a bit of a subspecies thing going on. And, and I just hope we'll find the way in the and the means to make uh, the next subspecies. It's already written. It's a great script. It's mm-hmm. just very expensive. Uh, he also added that Radu is the best vampire ever. Uh, well, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. No, he's great. And the actor who plays him is amazing, and he is um, hes going to be at the, at the show. He'll be one of the many uh, people appearing at the show. Cool. Uh, get, uh, I'll call here El Santo. Hey, how you doing? All right. Yeah, Mr. Ben. Hey, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Uh, I'm calling from New Orleans. Uh had a movie y'all filmed here back in 91 or 92. I used to work in a hotel. Uh, uh-huh. Y'all filmed the movie Netherworld. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Were you down here when, when it was filmed? Or? I really was not, actually. It's one of the few movies that I, um, I mean, I helped dream it up, and I was involved in the casting and post and all the normal stuff, but I actually was not uh, there. Uh, a wonderful director who I've worked with on a number of movies uh, uh, was there doing the show. Anything else, Osanto? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh. I was just asking uh, if there's any other plans of making uh, some more movies down here in New Orleans because, you know, they, they're calling us now like like the Hollywood of the South now. You know, we get a lot. Right, no, I know. I love, I lo- you know, it was, it's such a great place. And, I mean, I've been through there many times, uh, not for the movie, but just because you got to go to New Orleans. I'd love to go back and make another right. show. And I've talked about that many times. So there's no plan right now. Like, I can't say we'll be there in November, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. It's a great and, – and Netherworld – uh, again, for a small independent movie, is is really rich in its production value, and it's, uh, um, you know, it's it's a really well appointed film. It's got some great great stuff going on that you can never find anywhere else. Anything else, Santo? Enjoyed. Thanks, Santo. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Thanks for calling, man. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for calling. Uh, along the lines of the uh, the comic book, you said you were a comic book fan. Uh-huh. As, uh, one of our fans here, Old Hoss, he wanted to know, what is your favorite Jack Kirby creation? 
Oh my God. You hit like bullseye. First of all, um, I knew Jack. Um, I've got some beautiful art hanging in my home that I was fortunate enough to. Uh, Jack actually did. We, we were we were going to develop some projects, and and then he got ill. But um, oh my goodness. Well, you know, I still love the. Or, I mean, well, my first love are all the pre uh, superhero monster uh, stories. You know. All those are great, I, and I, I've got some of those, and i got some of the art. And even though it's maybe not the most popular, because, you know, far more valuable would be a page from Fantastic Four than a page from uh, Fing Fang Foom, you know, <laughs> or Monster Rosso or Goo Gam and all those great, um, uh, you know, monster Best comics. Of the but I love all fetus. that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know Troy's our resident uh, comic book fan here. I know he's a big Jack Kirby fan. Oh, yeah. I got the Captain America on the Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, he, he was, he's just so talented. He was such a great guy. And, you know, you talking to him, you would, you would just, I mean, if you ever met him or heard him speak, um, you just wouldn't think that he was, uh, the Jack Kirby, you know, who, who, you know, who pretty much invented just so much of what we, I mean, I mean, Star Wars is all Jack Kirby, you know, Darth Vader is Dr. Doom. I mean, it's just his legacy is, is forever. And look what's happening with these, these, these comic books that have all now become billion dollar movie, uh, you know, huge event, you know, tentpole movies are now, you know, from most of his creations. I mean, Stan Lee's around who's wonderful and who, who certainly deserves part of the credit, but, but, you know, everything we saw came out of Jack. Um, Right. He was the king. He was, no, he was and and a great guy, a very low key, very unassuming guy. This was not a, you just wouldn't believe it. You'd sit with him and have dinner with him. You just go, oh my God, did he draw that stuff? <laughs> I mean, thousands of pages, tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this one's everybody know that Dead Man's Hand comes out July 17th. That's, uh, I guess it's your newest movie with Sid Haig and Mike Right. Barrett yeah, no, I'm really cast. excited. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, it's out on the 17th, although it's available on some of the pay-per-view systems uh, now. And it's also available now on our site. Actually, tomorrow we have some early copies for the Full Moon fans. Just again at FullMoonDirect.com. And I'm real proud of the film. And it's it's kind of a it's nice to do something that no one's done before. So you know, a haunted casino um, is a different idea. At least yeah. no one's ever told me that they've seen anything like it. So that's cool. And um, there's a couple. Of, again, we we have a small budget, so we don't have lots and lots of effects. But there's one effect in particular that I'm real happy with that. Was sort of what inspired the the, uh, the movie in the first place, and of course, you know, working with Sid Haig was great, and Michael Berryman, and great cast of young young actors, especially Robin Sidney, who's now done two other movies for me. She did Ginger Dead Man and Evil Bong, and uh, she's uh, one of the leads of uh, Dead Man's Hand, Casino of the Damned. Mm-hmm. This is very topical because um, you know, poker is pretty popular right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it ends in in, in, a, in in a kind of a. Well, you have to see the movie because it's, it's got a real cool ending. <laughs> uh, what what type of poker do they play in it? Uh, well, it, it, it's a blackjack game. I mean, I don't want to spoil it because it's kind okay. of cool. But at the end, but at the end, it's 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 five card stud. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and if anyone knows the history uh, of how Wild Bill Hickok died, he was oh, holding it. And and that's why the movie's called Dead Man's Hand. But again, it's, the ending is kind of cool. And this, if I talk too much about it, then it's kind of spoils a little surprise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's cool. I'm real proud of the movie. And and again, I think it's a good example of what can be done for, you know, what would be considered the cappuccino budget on a uh, major Hollywood <laughs> film. <laughs> um, was it 
was this always a dream of yours to to become a, a filmmaker? It, you know, I grew up. I mean, my dad made movies, so I was in that environment. I, I love the process. Um, I was my whole thing when I was a real little kid was I wanted to just be a collector. I was a stamp collector. I collected comic books. I thought that would be a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But then by the time I was maybe ten or eleven, I started making my own little movies, and that was great. And then there was a point where I thought, well, I've got to. I've got to make movies, and and I sort of married that with my love for the genre. I mean, I love horror and sci-fi, and the only reason why I make a few sci-fi films is they're far more expensive to make, and and you know less is more when you make a small movie. So to try to attempt to, you know, a sci-fi movie is really tough. I've made some that, that mm-hmm. have worked out well, and pictures like Robot Jocks, which you know, yeah, was sort of the precursor to Transformers now because there's a movie made, you know, whatever, right. 15 mm-hmm. years ago, and Robot Wars, and um, then, you know, even the Transfer series with Tim Thomerson was kind of a cool sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, show that was manageable because it, the canvas was relatively uh, modest. But, um, yeah, so I, I mean, unlike my father who made pictures in different genres, he, he did make a few well-respected horror films. He made epics with Steve Reeves, Sword and Sand movies, spaghetti westerns. He was all over the place. I, when I finally started making movies, I just wanted to make, you know, genre films. Mm-hmm. I know one thing we'd like to see here, Troy's a big uh, Horror Clicks fan, is maybe a Full Moon uh, line of Horror Clicks. I don't know if you're familiar with the game. No, what is it now? I'm sorry. It's a collectible miniature game. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it's here, they have Horror Clicks, and it's all horror, horror movies and uh, whatnot. And I think a Full Moon line would be perfect. Oh, that's a great that's idea. I, yeah, no, I'm, anything that works that we can, uh, you know, that sort of just spreads the word. I mean, I was recently at this New York licensing show. Hopefully uh, things will come to that. I mean, for years I thought that Puppet Master, now that we've got, we're about to shoot our ninth Puppet Master film that's been around for 15 years. Uh-huh. And, you know, I thought, wouldn't that make a cool video game? You know, but someone's got to, oh, yeah. someone, someone who's got the money and who can develop that has got to come to me because I wouldn't know where to start, you know. So uh, hmm. we'll see what happens. But, uh-huh. So these are all, you know, I've had a number of people approach uh, us in the last couple of years to do remakes, or certainly remakes of, I mean, bigger budgeted. Let's do a, a you know a theatrical puppet master or a demonic mm-hmm. toys, or and I just you know I mean maybe the time will come when that makes sense, but I I'd hate to do that and then it becomes just a bad stupid movie. You know? Yeah, right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. That's uh, I appreciate it. I, I I'll definitely tune into the show and. Uh, and I want to thank everyone who you know who's listening and who watches these movies. You know they're they're made with a lot of passion and and very very little money. <laughs> so right. uh, hopefully that comes through. And then uh, definitely uh, look for the convention in Little Rock. You know Little Rock's a strange yeah. place. But, uh, boy oh boy, it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you'll also be at the Rock and Shock this year in uh, Worcester on October 13th. Yeah, absolutely, Rock and Shock. Um, there's a show in Chicago in a few weeks called Flashback Weekend. I mean, I'm doing a bunch of shows. Uh, we'll be at the San Diego Comic Convention. Uh, uh, yeah, and so forth and so on. So we'll, we'll keep moving around. Okay, cool. Maybe we'll have back sometime before the uh, the convention. All right. Hey, and thank you again, guys. Yeah. Can you keep here for one second? Yeah, sure. Hello, this is Scott Goldberg, director of Illuminated. And you're listening to Without Your Head Radio on withoutyourhead.com. All right, we're back. Welcome back to Without Your Head. Mm-hmm. That was quite a good Dan. interview there, Neil. Yeah. Well, you too, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I thank Charles Van for the interview. I thought I thought it went really well. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy with that. He's a cool dude. That um, I I want to just uh, comment what he said about like the mom and pa, uh, you know, movie rental shops because mm-hmm. I agree with that totally. I mean, when I was a kid, 
I, you know, I would go down to um, there's a local uh, video store here, and I actually went to school with you know the kids. Uh, his parents owned it, mm. and um, you know, once Blockbuster comes into your to your uh, to your area, they pretty much just close up. Yeah, and it's, that's sad. I don't know really what. I don't think there's anything you can do about it, but it is pretty sad. And it's not necessarily better at all, if you ask me. No. Because you cannot go to a blockbuster and go and look at the old section and not see, like, movies that you've already seen. I mean, they have, like, they have, like, Halloween or something like that. But, like, you cannot right. find anything that, like, you, you know, it's not, like, the typical oh. thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that just really yeah. takes a lot of the, uh, the love out of it for me because I used to love going to these, uh, Video stores oh, and just finding all. It was so these. much fun. You'd always find things that you know you've mm-hmm. never seen. You know you never even heard of before. Oh yeah, I would always go to the horror section, just check out. I mean, of course, of course, a lot, a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with like what was on the box. The box like cool leader in it, and sometimes you'd be disappointed, but it was still cool to see a movie that you know you wouldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. Where else mm-hmm. are you yeah. gonna you know find these movies? And now, you know, if you go to Blockbuster, if you want to rent. The, the new release or whatever, that's cool. But besides that, there's really not much else you can get, no. you know, unless it's a mainstream film. And Hollywood's not much better. I mean, it might have, like, a, a few more weird movies, mm-hmm. but, you know, not to the extent where the old stories used to. Right, yeah. They used to call the, um, whenever Blockbuster would come in, they'd always say that the, the evil Blue Empire was, like, moving in. <laughs> that used to be, like, the end thing with the uh, with the video people. Yeah, when Blockbuster came into my town, I didn't quite realize that, but uh, I would have to wholeheartedly agree with that now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it was actually months before it came in. Uh, we had two video stories here, and one of them closed right away, and we didn't realize why because it was always busy. And then, like, there was a rumor that Blockbuster was coming in, and and so when, when they heard that, they just closed up. And then the other one, which was pretty big, and it was like kind of part of the uh really part of the neighborhood real um you know they would have these weird little specials like if you bring in your report card yeah and a you get a free uh movie rental just like these little these little funny yeah. things you know it was really part of the community and then uh when blockbuster came in you know they had to close down it was pretty sad because plus mm-hmm. you know it was owned by people who lived here yeah for sure hmm you know and a lot of kids who went to school you know the a lot of them, you know, their first job would be at the, at the, uh, the video store, which I guess oh, they yeah. could still work mm-hmm. at a Blockbuster. But, it, you know, it's still owned by, by Blockbuster. It's not owned by, you know, a local person. Well, getting back to the full moon pictures, I want to ask everybody, what, what, what full moon picture is probably your favorite? Okay. I'm going to go with one that's probably not as... Because I, I really do love the Puppet Master movies. Because I think that they're... they're mm-hmm. I, I just really... I like the whole idea. I'm going to go with one that's a little, probably maybe a little lesser known, is uh, Blood Dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this movie's great because it's got so many like weird characters, not just the, the dolls themselves, which are cool looking. It um, the main guy is like is basically a pinhead himself. He wears this, this giant mask. And it's not giving away too much because you find that out pretty pretty uh, quick into the movie. And his uh, like the um, there's a guy who wears clown makeup and he's like the hitman. And it's just really bizarre. It's just this guy wearing clown makeup. He's really serious all the time, but yet he's got you know clown makeup on. And the and the guy, ah, it's really good. And the guy's got uh, he's got a band. This uh, it's all female band, and he just keeps him in a cage throughout the whole movie. And like Mm -hmm. when they want him to sing, like a midget uh, electrocutes him, and he starts singing. Are you making him, this up right no, now? No, I know it just sounds totally bizarre, but you guys, I wonder, I, I told him, well, I forgot to ask Charles, I wanted to ask him about uh, <laughs> if that was a real band and if, like, they just wrote those songs for the movie, because they sing about, like, 12 different songs in the movie. 
And so I thought maybe it was a real band. I also wanted to ask him if, like, any of his films are based off uh, himself, and maybe he really does have, like, some women caged up in his house. <laughs> I'm sure that is not the truth. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> but I would say that's probably... Um, this is one of my favorite characters. Any of the moves is the uh, in any of the movies is the uh, the clown faced hitman. It's just uh, he's really good. He's really good. You got to check it out. That's Blood hmm, Dog. Have to see that one. I think it was made ninety nine. Yeah, I'm going to pick that one up. Uh, yeah. Troy, do you have a selection? I I think I'm going to go with with subspecies. I might be forgetting some because I'm not sure if some of the ones I was thinking about if any of those were a full moon or not. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I really enjoyed the subspecies, and I think like I, I liked the first two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I was with who, who was it that said they loved Radu? Because I, uh, Golgo thirteen Radu. from the uh, Mesa Park. I'm with Golgo then, mm-hmm. because like Radu was just badass. He was just like a cool, cool man. Right. Who who we call uh, Ron Hex, who uh, does our theme song on the show? Well, his That's nickname true. is Radu. Nickname. Right. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, my selection was the one that I watched yesterday, and it'd have to be, it's not Puppet Master 1, but it is Puppet Master 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just enjoyed the whole the entire experience of it. It was just like, you had this little thra- flamethrower uh, puppet, and then you, <laughs> I don't know, it was just, and then you had the, 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 the man who... about his name tonight. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Well, like we mentioned earlier in the show, we actually yep. uh, found out the, the puppet's name. But, uh, the, you know, they bring back their creator and everything, and then, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was just <laughs> overall just a great film. I it, enjoyed that one. It suited my fancy. Uh, Rogue here in our chat room is, uh, bringing up that she actually prefers her men in cages. Oh. Hmm. You know, whatever you're into. We, we're not here to, uh, to pass judgment on anybody. No, no. Oh, well. Excellent. Yeah. Hey. yeah, another thing he brought up, I just want to do real quick, was uh, when he was saying about um, the remakes and everything, it made me really think of Hatchet, because he was talking about uh, remaking mm-hmm. other films or CGI and have a gritty uh, horror movie, which I haven't seen Hatchet yet, but that's pretty much mm-hmm. how um, Adam Green is selling it. Yeah, movie. which the news came out that it actually finally got its R rating that it's been fighting for. Yeah. We that's might cool. be closer to seeing it out in film in mm-hmm. uh, the theater community soon. Right. Now, you know, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm just wondering why it took it took it a long time to get an R rated. I, I was just, do you really think it could be any more, you know, bloody or graphic than, like, like the Hostel films? Mm. You think it just helps that you know you've got uh, Quentin Tarantino yeah, really. in your film? Yeah, really. You, I mean, you get more reading. Kill Bill. I mean, I love Kill Bill, but like, I mean, could you think of like a bloodier movie? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Oh well, you know. Did, did you guys hear that they uh, they're going to come out with a uh, remake of uh, Cannibal Holocaust? And that's really? with that, I'd like to say. <laughs> Oh man, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. Oh man. Um, are you? I, I kind of, I don't know. I'm really this is really weird because I don't, I don't think the original fans of the movie are going to be up if they're remaking it. (laughs) Um, if you think about, I guess, I guess in a way, it's kind of a good. A good story, like the basic idea of it, where it's kind of filmed like a uh, mm-hmm. like a uh, uh, documentary type movie. 
Uh, my biggest problem was with the movie was obviously that you know they actually killed the animals, which obviously yeah. I, I would hope they wouldn't be doing that in the uh, in the remake. In the remake, yeah, yeah, that'd be bad news. But anyway. right, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really seen the first, and I kind of protested mm-hmm. watching that one, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we've discussed that before. I was just trying. Yeah, to get, definitely. Yeah. I was trying to give a good exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're we wrapping up the show. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe we were. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I took the hint, you know. That's horrible. I was laughing. Oh man, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, so Troy can take the. Hint. I was being paraded in the chat room saying that she <laughs> she she prefers me in a cage with with electric bars. Oh man, you in the cage? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 A.K.A. E.J. Curcio from the uh, infamous Hard Rock Zombies, saying, I love WithoutYourHead.com. <laughs>